Today is September 11th, 2019, and this is episode one. I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. The South Dakota Catholic Conference represents the bishops of South Dakota on matters of public policy, providing explanations of how the teachings of the Catholic Church apply to the issues of our day. The topic for today is third-party assisted reproduction. Specifically, we're going to dive into commercial surrogacy. And I have uh, here in the studio with me Jennifer Law, visiting from out of state. Welcome to the studio, Jennifer. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be with you. Yeah, I, I just have to say, it's really been a delight. Jennifer, it's Wednesday now. Jennifer has been in South Dakota since Sunday. And we have just been barnstorming the state of, state of South Dakota, talking about the topic at hand. And it's been really delightful to have a lot of time in the car with you. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer was uh, kind of joking like, oh, this could be like kind of hard if one of us was super quiet. But we've just had a, a great time in the car. Um, Jennifer, you are a nurse. You're a bioethicist. Uh, you've been published in Secular Press, Cambridge University Press, uh, secular newspapers across the across the country, the American Journal of Bioethics. Um, we've seen you in the in the Catholic Register uh, and in on EWTN, and you make movies. Yeah, I get around. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, what? Maybe just tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, I think it's a fascinating story that that brought you to the work you do today. Mm-hmm, sure. Well, I for 20 years, I worked in pediatric critical care nursing, and I absolutely loved it. I uh, worked mostly in major university hospitals in the state of California, so I was always on the cutting edge of the, the newest technology or treatment or therapy, taking care of you know critically ill children of all ages. It's the beauty of pediatric nursing. You get babies to teenagers. Um, so you see a wide, diverse uh, patient population. But I was very fascinated not only with medicine and science and technology, but issues of ethics. And just because we can do something, should we do something? So that led me to pursue um, my master's degree in bioethics. And when I was in graduate school, I made the decision um, to found the center that I now run, the Center for Bioethics and Culture. Um, That actually ended up being my graduate thesis project was to found a nonprofit instead of writing another paper because I'm more of a doer. And I'd written several papers through the course of my graduate studies, and I was ready to turn all that I'd learned into something I could then take into a job. So now for the last 20 years, I've run the Center for Bioethics and Culture. So we're heavily focused on issues in biotechnology. And of course, assisted reproduction is a very big biotechnology. And it's a new technology that has created new problems for us that need new solutions. That's, I mean, it's really, it's a fascinating background. And if I remember right, when you started your work 20 years ago, sometimes these bioethical, what's in the public eye shifts, it was stem cells. At that point in time, now we're seeing kind of new different issues, but part of what you do to get your message out there and to help educate, and I I just think it's fascinating, is you make these documentary films. How many films have you made now? Oh, gosh, I think seven or eight or nine. I can't remember. We've made two shorts, three, four, five, I think seven or eight. And, and I that, lost count. Isn't that awful? Well, I mean, that's really, <laughs> I've, I've watched them all. They're, I also confess to you that I have a hard time remembering my wedding anniversary, so I'm not good with figures and numbers and math. Fair enough. 
And I've, I've watched them all. They're all compelling. Uh-huh. But, but one of the ways, the connection that really brought us to, to know one another is specifically the topic of commercialized surrogacy. You've heard me say before, just last December 2018, somebody brought to my attention, there's a, a commercial surrogacy brokerage uh, open shop in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we're sitting right now. And um, I honestly didn't know much about it, but kind of started asking around some of my Catholic conference counterparts in other states. Uh, Helen Alvare, this you know kind of brilliant Catholic law professor, <laughs> uh, used to be at the USCCB, and everybody everybody I talked to this says, "Oh, you got to talk to Jennifer." So, um, and I completely understand why after just having <laughs> you know all this time in the car with you. But the the really compelling thing after we connected, you're like, Chris, you have to go watch this movie, Big Fertility. Why is that important for South Dakota? I mean, tell us about Big Fertility. Yeah, well. Big Fertility is the story of one American uh, commercial gestational surrogate. We can unpack those words in a minute if you want, um, who happens to live in South Dakota. So I think that's really why um, it's important for people in this state to watch Big Fertility so they won't think, well, this is just something uh, crazy and awful and terrible that happens in other parts of the world, um, that it's actually happening right here in our, our backyard. Um, even just last night, I gave a public talk that you arranged for me to give, and there was a woman in the audience who talked about a personal friend that she had that lives in South Dakota that's pregnant right now as a surrogate for a couple in, in Israel. So, you know, my story features Kelly Martinez, who at the time when I met Kelly was living in Rapids, uh, Rapid City, and now she's living in Hot Springs. Uh, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's tragic story. Yeah, and I do. I really want to hear Kelly's story. Um, I think it's important for the listeners to hear, but maybe let's unpack a couple of those terms. We hear commercial surrogacy. Maybe people have heard traditional, gestational, altruistic. What are we? What actually are we talking about? Sure, and and this gets back to you know your podcast, which is faith and politics, because the political discussion often happens around should we allow surrogacy, and and if we allow surrogacy, in what fashion, in what form. So there's altruistic surrogates, and so if you keep in mind or consider the organ donor, this is a woman who's offering to have a baby for somebody, but there's no payment. She's just truly doing this as an altruistic deed, as an organ donor donates a kidney or a liver or whatever, um, versus the commercial surrogate who's being compensated. And in the case of commercial surrogacy, depending on where you live in the United States and your profile and who selects you, you know, commercial surrogate can make you know, anywhere from thirty, forty thousand dollars up to sixty and seventy-five thousand. So it's you know it's significant amount of money. Um, well, well, and I'm, I've even seen just when I started doing a little research, Craigslist ad, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, sixty-five grand, or you go to this brokerage website and total compensation of the woman twenty-nine to thirty-nine thousand. So that fits right in, in the heart of kind of what you just mentioned yes, too. So yeah. and that's cer- certainly a compelling. A figure that you know people will see and go, wow, I could sure use that kind of money, and I like being pregnant, and pregnancies are usually easy, and I like helping people, yeah. um, so it's a, it's certainly a draw. Um, the other terms are traditional versus gestational. A traditional surrogate literally is providing her egg and her uterus, so she's giving away her own biological child, whereas the gestational surrogate is just renting her womb. Uh, quotations, you know, you often hear womb rental or women, women renting their womb. So she's not providing her genetic material, not her genetic biological child. 
And then there's other arrangements where um, surrogates help family members or friends or strangers. Like you said, mentioned the Craigslist ad. That's somebody who's clearly looking for somebody who doesn't know the people that want to hire the surrogate. They're not mm. in any kind of a friendship or familial relationship. It's strangers helping strangers. Which is all, I, I think, just good context to have to be familiar with these terms before we get into uh, before we get into Kelly's story, because she was a commercial surrogate, and I recall uh, gestational. Correct. So, um, so you didn't know Kelly, no. but she found you. Yeah, that's you know why God gave us Google. We can find people. <laughs> you know, good old internet search. So Kelly took to the internet. She found herself in a predicament, and um, you know, took to the internet, found me, my organization. And was able to um, email me, so I was first contacted by Kelly via email. We actually opened Big Fertility with that original email that she sent me, which I describe as a cry for help. You know, she, you know, says, um, I'm paraphrasing, but basically the gist of her email was, I, you know, I've tried everywhere to find somebody to help me. I can't find anybody to help me. Can you help me? I didn't at that time know what kind of help she needed. Um, I. I, if I'm recalling correctly, the email did indicate that she was a surrogate, so I knew it was a surrogacy issue that she needed help with. And very soon after, we made um, actual contact and we spoke by phone, which is when she told me her story. And when I heard her story, I knew immediately that I, my next documentary film had to tell Kelly's story. My earlier documentary film featured several American women who had been uh, surrogates in different capacities, altruistic, commercial, otherwise. Um, but I knew that Kelly's story, because of the international levels of it and elements of that, had to be told as just a single story of one particular woman um, and feature her. Um, do you want me to? I do, and I really, it? I you know, I would maybe normally give like a spoiler alert <laughs> or something like that. But I think people are going to hear what you have to say, and then they're just going to want to actually watch Kelly in her own words. Yeah. So please, if you would. Yep. I think it'd be great to yep. have, have Kelly's story part of this podcast. Yeah, so she was a three-time commercial uh, gestational surrogate. Uh, her first um, surrogacy was for uh, a gay couple in uh, Paris, France. Um, she was matched with them through an agency, a brokerage. And, you know, she was sympathetic to um, gay men that would not otherwise have an opportunity to have some kind of a genetic connection with their child because the gay men used their sperm, um, but it was an egg donor and then Kelly's womb. And she gave birth to twin boys for them. And the, the problem that she had in this case was because of Kelly's um, circumstances and her, her lifestyle, she did not know international surrogacy law. She's not an attorney or an expert on surrogacy. And she didn't realize that all surrogacy is illegal in France. And so when Kelly gave birth to the twin boys, uh, the couple from France told her that they would, re would need her to go with them to the uh, French consulate in Chicago. And they cooked up a story that they were going to tell the French consulate that Kelly had had an adulterous affair with one of the men and had given birth to their, their twins and that she was going to surrender the twins for him to take back to France and she was going to stay here in the States to try to repair her marriage. Um, of course, Kelly and her husband were horrified, um, but they were told if they didn't comply with this scheme, then Kelly would have to, to keep the children. And Kelly financially was not in a position. She and her husband had two small children of their own. 
she was doing this because they needed the money, so she was not in a position to keep the children. And out of fear, um, she complied and went with her husband, drove to Chicago. Uh, Kelly sat in this meeting, didn't understand a word. It was all in French, and she signed a lot of documents that were all in French, and there was no translation services provided for her. So she doesn't really actually know what was said or what she signed away, but um, they left the country with the, the twins. So um, Kelly had a lot of personal tragedy in her, um, her own life growing up, and so she decided to seek some professional counseling uh, for just her own personal uh, well-being. And her counselor actually, during the course of a meeting with Kelly, um, recommended Kelly um, uh, talk to another couple that this counselor was counseling that was struggling with infertility and recommended and suggested that Kelly might consider being a surrogate for them. So her therapist brokered a deal. Yeah, exactly. So for me as a nurse, I just think that's a whole professional breach of of all kinds of ethical Mm. lines that, you know, you don't, you don't expect your doctor, your therapist to put you in harm's way or suggest you do something, especially when you know your therapist knows you already had a traumatic surrogacy experience. Um, but Kelly, again, being in a situation where money was needed and pregnancies are relatively easy for Kelly and being sympathetic to this couple, she agreed to help them. And uh, this intended fa- couple, uh, heterosexual couple, lives, lives in the United States, and Kelly agreed to be their surrogate. And soon after she delivered a little girl for them, this couple divorced. Um, so Kelly was, you know, quite upset about that because, you know, part of the reason she was helping them was they wanted to parent a child. And now she realized that she'd been part of creating a child that's now living in a broken home situation. And apparently it's not a very happy divorce. It's very contentious. And there's a lot of pain. Uh, but fast forward to the final surrogacy. And again, Kelly's and her husband are in financial need. They have their own third child now. So, you know, a young, small family and um, not really steady income and needing money. She sees another ad. She thinks, you know, the, the French deal was just a one-off, not going to happen again. There was no real problem with the second surrogacy other than the couple divorcing. That was, you know, not a, not a good thing. But she agrees to do it again, and this time she enters into a contract with a couple from Spain, a uh, married heterosexual couple. Again, all, all of surrogacy is illegal in Spain, just like it is in France. And... This couple paid extra. They paid $5,000 extra to have a girl and a boy embryo transferred into Kelly. And when the transfer of the embryos was made, the little girl embryo did not implant, so she miscarried that embryo, and the little boy embryo naturally twinned. So it was soon discovered afterwards that Kelly was pregnant carrying twin boys. The couple in Spain was immediately outraged because they ordered and paid extra for a boy and a girl, and how could this have happened? You know, they wanted to know who made the mistake and whose fault was all this. So the remainder of the pregnancy was quite contentious between um, this couple in Spain and the doctor here in Rapid City and the nurses and the fertility staff and Kelly, of course, and so that was not pleasant. And then at 30 weeks into the pregnancy with these twin boys, Kelly got really sick, you know, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, um, she was borderline stroke. Her blood pressure was so high. And at this point, her doctor made the decision to have her admitted into the hospital in Rapid City. And then not soon after she was admitted, a few days later, I believe, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, the doctor basically said, we need to do an emergency C-section or you're going to stroke. You're not going to survive. These 
these boys their lives at risk. So she delivered twins, you know, 10 weeks premature, which is quite premature for twins. You know, they were pretty tiny, Mm. uh, you know, in the one to two pound range at birth. So they were, you know, they were, it was a rocky period of time for Kelly's health and, of course, for the babies. The, you know, the couple arrived from Spain and they were still very, um, not very nice and very upset about getting two boys. They weren't thrilled and happy that they had two beautiful baby boys. They weren't concerned at all with Kelly and her, like, Mm. near-death experience. Um, And the reason that Kelly eventually reached out to me was this couple went back to Spain with the boys and they left Kelly with $11,000 of unpaid medical bills. And that was her cry for help Mm. because she had collectors coming after her. She had the agency here, the fertility agency, telling her that, you know, there was really nothing they could do to help her uh, make this couple in Spain pay these bills. Mm. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to episode one of Faith in Politics. I'm Chris Motes, the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. I'm here with Jennifer Law, who has just told a very compelling story of Kelly Martinez, uh, a South Dakota woman who really was victimized um, by a commercial surrogacy agreement several times. Um, I'd like to just take the opportunity to thank the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota for giving the Catholic Conference a grant to bring Jennifer uh, here. It's just been a delightful visit. And and coming to the end, as you just told it of Kelly's story, um, kind of brings us to some of your your globetrotting, because you ended up, you've been to, to Spain, to France, you've been to other parts of the world with Kelly telling the story. Maybe just um, close the loop. What happened at the end? Yeah, well... Um... At this point, Big Fertility is out. The movie's out. It's going big guns in, obviously, France and Spain because Kelly's story is making its way back to those countries about what this uh, French couple and the Spanish couple did to her. And we're invited to go to Spain. We also spoke at the United Nations in New York, too. But we're invited to go to Spain for the sole purpose of, one, screening Big Fertility with Spanish subtitles there and also... Um, all these organized meetings with all members of the Spanish Parliament in Madrid, which is the capital of Spain. And so Kelly gets on the phone to the agency here in town the night before she's supposed to hop on the plane, and she tells them, tomorrow I'm getting on a plane, I'm going to uh, to um, Madrid, Spain with Jennifer Lal, and I'm going to be speaking to all members of the Spanish Parliament. And within 24 hours, that agency paid all of her hospital bills. They paid her bills. They had so the money. They had the money. They just didn't want to give it up. And they figured that Kelly would just go away and she would take the hit and they could keep the profits, mm. which is one of the reasons why we named the film Big Fertility. Yeah. And the tagline of the film is it's all about the money. I mean, and Jennifer, I've, I've heard you tell the story uh, several times in the last few days. And every time my heart just kind of, it, it kind of just weeps again yeah. uh, for Kelly. Yeah. Um, which is why so, I had to make her, her the, the sole focus of this one particular movie. Yeah. Because it encapsulates what's happening here in the United States, what's happening here in South Dakota, yeah. what's happening around the world. What? So what is the European interest? I mean, this is illegal in much of Europe. What? A, how do they look at it? Well, the interest right now is because, of course, there's a lot of pressure on countries to change their laws because we're not progressive enough. Um, we're not staying with the times. You know, we have this new way of forming families. We have this new modern technology. Our, our, olds are, our laws are old and antiquated. Um, so there's a lot of pressure. But, of course, the people I work with in those countries aren't quite happy with their laws that don't allow this. They think that is a good law. 
and it doesn't need to keep up with this technology that's harmful to women and children. And they view it as human trafficking. Exploitation yeah. of women. They uh, Some of the Spanish, um, sorry, the European documents, they use really strong language. This is violence against women. Mm. This is reproductive trafficking of women. And this is violence and trafficking of children. This is the commodification of human life. Well, and I think the, just knowing a little bit of the history here in the States, too, really puts it in stark terms going back to the late 80s, this well-known, the Baby M case in New Jersey. Governor Mario Cuomo forms this task force, uh, bipartisan, outside experts, legislative, executive branch, every, everybody at the table. And uh, the result of this task force is the, the practice of commercial surrogacy is indistinguishable from the sale of children. So it's been commercial surrogacy has been illegal in in New York and other parts of the country for some time. Yes, but we do have just within our federal system, every state makes its own state laws. We do have a patchwork here in uh, across the country. South Dakota law is silent on it at this point in time. So, which means it's not illegal, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have a. So we're here to change. I'm here to change that. Yeah, it'd be nice. There's been a. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, just um, in sitting down with you and a lot of other people, just watching people's faces and, and listening to the questions are asked, it's like, I didn't, you know, like didn't know about this or it's, um, but it's really, really eye-opening. The, the stories are really powerful. And I want to mention for, just for the listeners too, because I know there are at least one or two of you out there that you stay up really late at night reading like theology and philosophy and that <laughs> stuff, just you really like it. So we're telling stories, which are really important because it's like the human context. But as Catholics, too, our faith illuminates right reason. And there's just so much, you know, from from Scripture and we can, there's just a lot of thought to bring to bear. So I want to bring to people's attention Donum Vitae, which is a document uh, from the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith um, in 1987, I believe, written by then Cardinal Ratzinger. The direction of uh, St. John Paul II really does a deep dive into a gamut of uh, assisted reproductive technology. Um, so I'd encourage anybody who's interested in additional study to jump into that document, Donum Vitae, D-O-N-U-M, first word, second word, Vitae, V-I-T-A-E. It's on the, the Vatican website. I've really found that that helpful. Um What's next? Do you have any, uh, maybe I know filmmakers don't like to maybe spoil like what their next big project is. What's what's next for the Center of Bioethics and, and Culture? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Kelly's film has just been out barely a year. Um, I don't even know if it's made, made its one year mark yet. It's a lot of work to make a movie. And for me as a filmmaker, um, the stories just sort of come I don't have that, mm. you know, I'm already working on three projects down the road. They just sort of organically happen, and, and that suits my style and my personality um, because when it arrives in my lap, like Kelly's email did, it's just, mm. this is it. And and then I have the passion, I have the energy, I have the drive to do it because it's like I, it's like I can see now. I know what I'm to do next. Um, so I don't, I haven't been given that vision yet. But I, you know, maybe the next email that I open up will, will be that story that I have to tell. Well, we, we will pray for you, and we will pray for whoever might send that next email. 
I really look forward to to what's uh, in store for you and your work next. I thank you for your work. And I, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you You're for welcome. coming to South Dakota and for joining me on episode one of Faith and Politics. If you are not on the South Dakota Catholic Conference email list but would like to be, I'd encourage you to go to www.sdcatholicconference.org and click sign up. Uh, Let me know your name, email address, and where you live in the state. And I'd just love to stay in touch, and you can reach out to me and let me know what is important to you. So thank you for joining us on our inaugural episode, and I look forward to episode two.